Amen. Well, how many are glad you came? How many love the Lord this morning? Oh, wow, that was really convincing. I hope he knows your heart. How many love the Lord this morning? All right. I saw a lot more people excited yesterday over touchdowns on football games than that. Amen. <laughs> God is good. Amen. Well, I'm so excited this morning to have a great, great friend here this morning. Uh, we got blessed. Um, Pastor Emma Mukendi is here with us. And it, when you say where he's from, it's kind of hard because he's from all over the place. But have, how many have ever heard, let me tell a quick story on him real quick. How many have ever heard, born in a barn? Right? We heard that statement. We use it a lot. Were you born in a barn? Well, I got one better than that with Pastor Emma. He doesn't know I'm going to say this. He just told me this morning. Have you ever heard about how many have ever heard of him born in a bush? I got a new saying for you. Pastor Emma was born in a bush. He was telling me this morning his mom, his mom when she was going to give birth to him, this is going to get a whole new meaning to birth, was running from a family fight. And got out into this, out away from the fight and got into labor. Had his two-year-old sister with her and gave birth to him all by herself in the bush. <laughs> How do you like that, ladies? All by herself. No, it was not a burning bush as, as far as I know. But God is with us twice this morning because Emmanuel means God with us and Pastor Emma's here, amen? So isn't that a miracle? So if I, if I could ever meet her, I want to shake her hand, amen? And I guess after that, that started a trend and she said, I don't need nobody. I'm just going to have these babies by myself. Maybe it's better without having all those people around. I don't know. But he is a miracle, amen? And he is, uh, he's one of my heroes, I'm telling you. We've known each other for 14 years now. Uh, we met when I first came into the fellowship and uh, hit it off, and he's just a wonderful, wonderful preacher. He's a wonderful man. We always love to hear him at conference. My kids love to listen to him preach, and uh, he, he speaks five languages, working on a sixth, amen, and that's not including the tongues, amen. Uh, he, he, he's from the Democratic Republic of Congo, and we have a, one of our families here from the Congo this morning. If you'd raise your hand back there, amen. He's been visiting now for a couple months with his family. And I don't know if you knew he was coming this morning, but it's, you guys came on a good day, amen? He's, his brother goes to Pastor Ben Musa's church in the Congo, where I've preached at, and is the church that Pastor Emma is out of. And uh, you all know that Pastor Gould that was here this year um, pastored them, and he left uh, Congo to go to Russia. Now, that's weird in itself, amen? And he goes to Russia, and the Lord put it on his heart to start a church there, that was 20 years ago, Pastor Emma. I can't see you, so. Okay. <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> and that was 20 years ago. They just celebrated 20 years anniversary in the Russia church. And we were able to meet the Russian pastor at conference this last time. And uh, then he started great work there. Works have gone out of there. And then the Lord put on his heart two or three years ago to go to Canada. And now he's in Toronto, Canada, working with Russians there. And so he is just an amazing man, and just to see what, you know, God can use anybody from anywhere. How many can say amen? So uh, he's here for a wedding this morning. I'm not going to steal any more of his stories, but I'm going to ask him to come up, and I want us to make him welcome. I want you to open your hearts this morning. Let's welcome Pastor Emma Mukindi. 
from the Congo this morning. Make him feel welcome. Hallelujah. Be seated. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Woo. What an introduction. <laughs> I feel nervous already. You know, it's so great to be here. And uh, as I told a brother from Tanzania this morning, Rafiki Yango, I said, the wind blow this side of Denton, so it carries me over. And about two weeks ago, I think I texted the pastor and said, you know what? I'm coming for a friend's wedding in Dallas. And I don't know any church down there. Where is Denton? I'm going to drive there. And another friend calls me yesterday and says, Hi, you go out in Texas, say hello to somebody. I said, I don't know him. I'm going to go to Denton. <laughs> I'm going to go to Denton, see my brother, and see the church. It is a privilege this morning for me to be here, and thank you, Pastor Blake. And I would say there is a such divine connection when people of God meet. I remember the little flyer and the CD, DVD, Manita Samore. I'm still having it till today. You see, you may not speak a lot about yourself, but if you see what God is doing in your life, you can say for sure that God is in your life. That's what connected me with Pastor Blake. We didn't connect that often, but somewhere in the spirit, I felt that work of God down in Costa Rica and that was his visit card for me. That's how I came to know what kind of hard man he is. And yet the year came by, and I found that he's really a loving man. I've been blessed through his hands. He will not love me to say what it is about. But you know what? You have a good pastor. You are. You should be thankful to God. When he was introducing me this morning, I felt like preaching. I just had it message last week in my church in Toronto. It was called God Uses People. And uh, that message brought my wife to tears. I mean, when you preach and your wife cries, then you know that you are preaching. <laughs> and she was crying so badly at the end of the preaching, she sends me a text message right there. I'm standing in front of her. Good message. <sighs> After three weeks of this was bad, this was bad, you said it right, you didn't say it right. <laughs> And Pastor Fuentes said, my wife sometimes thinks she's a Holy Spirit. And I sometimes connect with that. <laughs> well, I'm so happy this morning and I want you to be blessed. And it is great to be here. Please receive greetings from my wife, my family. And yesterday, after many years, she had to preach in the church where I was away. I asked a brother to preach. And guess what? She goes and tells my wife, why don't you preach? So they kept it secret since I left Friday. And then yesterday I heard that she preached. And everybody is happy. I said, praise God. You know what? It's, it's so interesting to see what God is doing around the world. But I have a specific message for you guys. I don't believe God brought me here just by accident. And when pastor said... Are you going to preach for us? I said, Pastor, I don't want to interfere with what God is doing. If you have any plan, I just want to come and fellowship to see you and see what God is doing. When he takes back, he said, you know what? You're preaching. You're not interfering with anybody. I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> 
Say, God of mercy, here we are again. Please turn with me to the Bible. It's a very known place, and you guys have read it many times. It's in Exodus chapter 3. And I want to read the first verse, and then we will jump, read 10 to 12. And then I will tell you the title of my message. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, then jump to 10 to 12. If you are there, say amen. amen. I can still feel some some conservative peoples in this church. I can hear the paper movings, and that's nice. And some have the pen to touch screen and stuff. But I like the papers better. <laughs> it's all spiritual, amen? I like reading my Bible through my phone. But you know what? When I take the Bible, the papers, I feel good. It is good. And I, in my church, I says, please turn to PowerPoint or whatever and, <laughs> and take the chapters and we're going to go. So verse 1 says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the, pri the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Amen. And then we jump to verse 10 to 12. The Bible says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Amen. I want to minister to you this morning about being a worshiper. That is a central truth today, especially when we talk about churches. And one thing I like in our fellowship, we don't just talk about going to church. We are praying and really contending for people to be worshipers. Those who are willingly working hard to make sure that God can use them to do something for the kingdom. You see, with ages and years, I was sharing this morning with Pastor how Christian families and traditions have come by and have kind of like... I would say you guys polluted the truth of the, the word of God. And Christian life has become kind of something that is a model out there that is far away from the truth that God has called you and me for. You see, we are having a very interesting moment here. I think some of you were thinking I'm going to talk about calling, which is true. I wasn't going to talk about it. But this specific places brings out to my mind a true call of God in our lives is not for us to live Christian life. Did you get that? We are not called to live Christian life like a style that we wear on on Sunday. And we go to church. He tells Moses a specific thing that he wanted him to do with the people of Israel. And the place of meeting with God, Horeb Mountain, it's called the Mountain of God. 
is not a place you step on and get out the way you came in. It is a place of change. This is a place where you come and you lay down yourself and you put on God and walk out away with him. One of the things I've been really watching closely how church is going today is the way we have lost that presence of God in our lives. When I say we, because Daniel did really identify with the sin of Israel by saying we, even though he was the spiritual man. But we today, Christians, have lost that sense of the presence of God. We don't carry God wherever we go. And the world look at us and say, oh, those churchgoers. We're not churchgoers. If we have come to encounter God at the mountain of God, Horeb for me this morning is the place of meeting of, with God. That is where God wants to meet with us. You see, Moses was caring about his business every single day at the same mountain. He will pass by and back and forth. But that specific day, something happened. Was not because of the burning bush, but somebody was on that mountain that day. And that is the God we worship. And he says, You're gonna come when you bring out the people of Israel, you will come at this mountain to do what? To worship me. Here, listen, the word worship doesn't mean to just come dance and sing glory to God. Worship means to dip yourself, soul, and body and strength into the presence of God and bring him the glory. I remember one day I was preaching for a friend down in Belgium. And this, this message came to me. And it was like something that woke me up. He says, do you carry the presence of God wherever you go? I stopped for a while. I remember preaching the whole month after about being the God-given presence vessel that carries him all over. And that has been a challenge. People around you don't see God because you don't step into the worship. Hello? Step into the worship. The mountain of God, Horeb, was a specific sign and place appointed by God. You know when he took the people of Israel out? God said, come first to this mountain. Today we are heading to the Palestine, the, the promised land and the, 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 the land of plentiful. We are heading there passing by Horeb. We don't want to stop at the mountain of God. We want to make the shortcut we want to get there quickly. We want to run to those who say, come, I will give you the 10 steps how to get money. Come, I will tell you the five steps how to be rich. And they're still shouting and being rich and shouting and no rich. Do you know before you get to the promised land, you've got to meet God at Horeb. Today's church has led people away from Horeb. They have led people from the mountain, which is the source of the blessings. They have led people from the house of God to their own gods. Those gods are called prosperity. They are called all kind of materialism, all kind of liberalism in Canada, all over. 
The majority, democracy, whatever, I laugh of it all because God is not a Democrat. He's not either a Republican. He's God. He wants you and me to come to the mountain. You see, this morning I will not be too much preacher. Let's get some stuff together here. You see, when we talk about God calling Moses and sending him to bring the people of Israel out, his first motives, even though we think it was to deliver them, yes, amen, but he wanted to have them on the mountain. Do you remember the event when they said, oh, Moses, we want to see that God, why are you the only spiritual going and talking to God? And God was pleased. He said, hey, let them be holy. Let them get ready and bring them up here. God was preparing for a feast with his children. God was ready to welcome his children in his presence. God was ready to pass on to them the same presence and that will be carried all over. But you know what happened? Once they stepped to the mountain of God, they said, no, 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 we're going to die. They look at themselves. They look at what they left behind and they decide, Moses, you go. How many have heard that? Pastor, go for outreach yourself. Take, if you can take call and your kids, that would be great. <laughs> Pastor, we're going to send you. We're going to support you. Please go. Does this sound familiar? Yes, I know I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I want you to catch the picture. How many are involved today? How many are ready to step on the mountain and trust God for him to come and bring down the fire we sang today? How many of us we can believe and say that what we believe is what we're going to do? How many today say, oh yes, Lord, come. But still we say, I wish I could have wait a while. I need to fix this and that and that and that and enjoy life. How many are we serious about the faith that believe we hold as Christians? And I came to discover that unless we step on the mountain of God, then we can move on to the promise. If you haven't come to the mountain yet, that's why the promise is taking too long. Step out to God. Come into his presence. Let him put some oil on you. Let him give you some miracles and wonders. Let him put himself in you and say, I will go with you, Moses. And that is how Pharaoh will fade before you because I will go with you. And that's how mountain will leave the way. That is how waters will open your way. Because God is going to step out with you. You've got to step to the mountain. I'm tired of that Christian life of fables and stories. I want to step into his presence. A whole of me. I'm not moved by any crowd. It may be thousands or millions. I don't care. But if I can see the presence of God in somebody, I will sit at the feet of Jesus and I will follow him. You see people today, they want to see the crowd. People, they want to identify themselves with the big thing in the city. Well, are you somebody with God? Or not? Have you stepped on the mountain? Do you know Moses did not have any disciple on the mountain? He stepped out from God. 
And God said, I will send Aaron, your brother. I sent some people to support you. Believe I will go with you. And now he steps out to the stiff-necked people. And he tells them that I've seen the God of Israel, God of our fathers. And they said, come on, is that the killer that will run away from here? Because people will remind you about your past. And you will see your past very, very big. And there, there is no blindness in your past. You know it better. And the devil will take a big magnifying glass and put it right there. And then you say, Lord, am I the right person? And God said, yes, that's the reason why I want to go with you. That is the even reason why I'm choosing you. If you can keep telling me that you are not the right person, yes, you qualify. You don't bring your diploma, keep it, it's stinky. He wants you because you say you don't qualify. And he says, that is the kind of spirit I want. You don't qualify, I qualify you. You qualify, I disqualify you. How many could stand and tell God, God, I deserve. <sighs> Help me, Lord. I don't deserve. I want your presence, God. Your presence is at Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, you see, the same chapter, I will give you, I like giving homeworks. Please read this Exodus again. Read it carefully. 15 chapters and when you move into chapter 12 you see God calling the people when they get to the mountain he, he goes in chapter 13 instituting the Passover and he tells them right in the first verse how he wants the firstborn to be consecrated to him at the mountain of God there is a consecration you cannot belong to yourself brother sister we are not our own that's why I don't take everything happening in my life to be mine. Pastor Anthony ministered for us in May and he said something I kept. He said, I have learned to touch loosely. Everything I have in my life, the Lord wants to take it. Take it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can take all you see you have and you want to have. Praise the Lord. Are you in the state of the mountain of Horeb where you have consecrated yourself? You have said, Lord, I am yours. Nothing else. Are we serious about those words? Consecration is very deep word that every single worshiper, true worshiper, must embrace. Unless you consecrate. You see, God saved us by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It is not something we did so that we can boast, but it is God's free will and blessing to us by his grace. Now, when we step into the salvation, into the work of God, God brings us up and says, you want more? Consecrate. We step into the position of adult and people who understand the walk with God. You've got to consecrate. You see, God sent Moses to deliver them. He didn't say, tell them to consecrate. He sends him. He brings them out to the mountain. And then God says, consecrate. 
Some of us, we are still going to that mountain and we need to come to the position where we decide and we say, Lord, here I am. That's when we release more of his power, more of his anointing, more of his actions in our lives. That's when we release some of the area for people around us to see God in us. Consecration brings about God's fulfillment of his promises. When they came down from that mountain, they went all the way to the promised land. Whatever they encounter in the road was to be conquered because God was with them. And, and when you see in the ministry of the Levites and the priests and the way they consecrate themselves to the Lord and you see what God was doing, then you ask yourself, are you the New Testament priest of God or not? You see, we have a different standards, like the priest. I say Christians are the one who must hold the highest standard in every field, every level of life. We cannot excuse ourselves. If the world today looks at us and laughs, because somewhere we have leveled the standard that we're supposed to keep high. The truth is that we're not going to change the whole world, but we've got to live up to the standard of worshipers. In the Congolese areas, there have been a lot of scandals and stuff going on. And I believe in America as well, we've seen these scandals with ministers and, and people who call themselves of God. And how that makes the news, how that hits the newspapers, and how that makes people to say these are Christian believers. And that brings shame to the name of the Lord. But you know what? Even in the time of Elijah, there were some prophets that were standing against God. But when God told Elijah, I have about thousands of those who have never bowed before bow. I believe there are people of God today in this earth. And I pray badly that we should be one of those. That we stand in his presence at Horeb and we are moving forward to the promised land. Keeping the hope and the promise of God in his word. Here are the things we need to understand. When Jesus met these ladies at the well. These Samaritan ladies. We can open in John chapter 4. And we're going to see the message of Jesus. And as he speaks to this lady. And tells her who he is. Even just by revelation. The lady catches up. And she says you are the Messiah. You see, if you live and you are connected and you can be at the presence of God, I believe that was the mountain of God for that lady. Because when you connect with God, you cannot be the same. Amen. When God comes and speaks in your life, you cannot be the same. So this lady is at the well. She came here for her business. She would come to the well, I think, all her life, maybe twice a day. And then she's coming for another time just to go take some water from the well. And she's proud about this well because it's one of her ancestors who built it. And this well is a specific well. Now she gets to the well. We read from, uh, let's read 19 to 24. And we see something happening here. Please catch with me this. Let's just read again for the sake of getting what this lady got from Jesus. So the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped 
on this mountain. Well, what is that kind of mountain again? You can go around the Bible, you find a lot of mountain on which they worship. But the surprise will be that this mountain is that mountain. God is not going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Then on the mountain again, he said, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Now, she's accusing Jesus. Jesus never told her that we worship in Jerusalem and we must worship there. She was attacking Jesus because it was apparently their problem, the traditional problem between Samaritans and Jews. So she's touching the point right there. I see you are the prophet, meaning you should know better. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we have smart people who want to catch God by his word. This lady is playing the smart. She goes, you said. Jesus never said that. Now, listen to the answer of the prophet. The son of God says, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit, the truth, and the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Hallelujah. You see, if you read in the gospel, you see that the Bible says Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I believe this is the second step after he seeks and he saves. He brings them to be the worshipers. He asks them to consecrate. He asks them to devote themselves to God. And he asks them to walk into the presence of God. And here we see this lady being told openly why he is there. The hour has come and he is here. You see, God is not in our timing. God is, he is, he will be forevermore. He's not tied to your timing, to my timing. He is God in all. I don't know how we can explain this. We are the only one who counts yesterday, today, and forever. But he's the same yesterday, today, forevermore. He's not tied to our timing. When he said now is now. And sometimes his now may not be now for us. <laughs> Let's get out of this philosophy. <laughs> so we see Jesus telling this lady, stop. You don't know who you worship. But here is the time. So this lady gets the revelation. That Jesus is telling her that he's not either Jew or Samaritan. It's about the spirit and the truth. You know that today's church hate spirit and truth. It's not by accident. People don't like the spirit today. Everything that the spirit does, skeptic will stand up and say, oh, that has been, that has been. Amazing in the 21st century, how many people are still skeptic about the Holy Spirit move. 
amazing to see how today people are ready to attribute any glory of God to man. And amazing to see how people today are confused to the point of refusing the truth. Accommodating what is accepted. Called democracy. And then we have the devil spirit of liberalism. Everything is fine, as fine as it is fine. Oh, so many can speak today. I was just sharing with Pastor, you, would, you will be surprised what liberalism can bring. My son comes out with the sign to put in front of the church. We're, we're running a library, public library. This has been up for two weeks, a nice big sign. And the manager comes out and says, you know what? You cannot put this sign anymore. My son goes, why? She comes, he comes in and my wife says, she said basically that because we have there, please join us. That's an invitation. I said, that's why we have the sign there. We invite people. <laughs> okay, this is the good part. You cannot invite. You can say service downstairs. But don't say, please join us. That's compelling people. That's inviting and that's against our law. Oh, God of mercy, liberalism. But do you know that only your Christian right is being now smashed down? If it was something like homosexual, please come join us. Oh, yes, don't say no because you're going to get troubles. Do you see where I'm coming? People hate the truth of God. They don't like it when it comes in the spirit. They feel it in the darkness spirit that this is the spirit of God. And they try to stop it. I told my kids, now you know that preaching the gospel in Toronto is a liberal city. In Moscow, we could be shut down without any notice. But here they tell us right away with a smile. You cannot put this down, you know. It's not nice, you know. We want everybody to be nice. Well, it stinks and I don't like it. And I told my wife, that means we need to pray God for our own building. And I will have a bigger Jesus sign like yours. Once I turn left to go to the front wall, I see Jesus. I said, there I am. No doubt. That is the place. You see, We've got to work with God. We need to consecrate ourselves completely. L let me get the, we sing it. Spirit, body, and soul. What is the part of your life that is still left for yourself? Consecration means devotion, commitment, sacrifice in worship, sacrifice in life. In the time when everybody wants to enjoy the nice pillow, you stand up and you pray and you go to church. And people say, why are you going to church? The only Sunday left to visit parents and friends. Yes, I do it after church. It's amazing to see. People will say, you know what? I'm not coming to church today, Pastor, because my son has a play. Okay? God help us. I love going to see my son playing soccer. I believe that he's going to be one of the best. But you know what? When he comes on Sunday, Saturday, church, we go to church. And they know. I have told them up front. If it interferes with the church, 
Say right away you won't be there. Nice. I'll bring you your gift for your birthday. Monday at school. I won't be there. Why? I wanted to learn. We have been giving too much into this world. They don't want us. They don't want to leave. When we invite them to church, they say, no, it's invitation. But when they invite us, we are so gladly going. What message are we telling them? Brother and sister, this is as practical as it can be the way we teach our kids today. How is it going to be tomorrow? How? And sometimes I look to this generation and say, I don't know what kind of method we're going to use to get people to God. And thank God, the same God yesterday, today, forever, the same spirit, the same worship will bring people to God. And the good thing about chapter 12, when you read it, you will see that God didn't leave anybody out. He says, if there is any stranger among you who will keep this commandment, he will be the same as you. So God never left anybody out. If you keep worshiping God, you've got the same blessing, the same presence of God, and you can take it far away. And nothing will stand against you. And listen, the love for God and his people must be your portion. The love for God and his people. That is the part where I said God uses people. I don't have time to go through that. But you've got to discern and understand that you are not by accident in this church. You may reach out to other people without you being there. We always preach about missions and, and taking part in what is to be done. When you hear about the church in Costa Rica or you hear about a church in Czech Republic or you hear about friends or whatever need may come to the church and the pastor comes up and says, we have the opportunity to take part. Seize that opportunity. We don't live here forever. Jesus is coming soon. Your consecration, your devotion, your commitment must be as serious as you believe. I'm tired of Christians who don't catch it. They leave, they go to church, they feel like they have done something. They have given the Lord the favor of giving the tithe and some offerings. Stop. Have you paid for your brief? Have you paid for your gas at home? Have you paid for your electricity? Have you paid for the gas before you get here with your car? Have you paid for the restaurant dinner you had yesterday? Okay. So what kind of favor are you giving to God by giving the offering and the tithe? Stop living in God's kind of like attitude. I'm giving a favor to God. I go to church. God is not interested in your favor. He doesn't need your favor. Come on. Let's be serious. You live for free. He works you up in the morning when you were dead. He gives you something to eat on the table. He gives you a roof under your head, on your head. He gives you everything you have. There is nothing that you have that came by yourself. It is from God. So how can you give him a favor? That is the attitude right away from hell. Uh, that should not be in us. No, may God forbid. We need to be thankful to God. We need to come down and say, Lord, I am not worthy. Please use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. I want to be used of you. 
And God, I want to carry your presence. And I want to stay on the mountain of God where I will learn and I will enjoy your presence and carry it over to the promised land. Can you bow your head today in prayer with me? I want to give some time to the prayer. Please, this message, I just wanted to remind you briefly of who we are and who we're supposed to be. When God looks at you and me, he doesn't see what we see ourselves in. I was preaching this message one day about carrying the presence of God. And one lady comes after and says, Pastor, it sounds almost like you had breakfast with God this morning. I said, not only this morning, even now. We've got to feel God. I'm not talking about physical feeling. You've got to know that the faith you have is something strong in God Almighty. And if you just take it lightly, you're missing the very important part. Let me give you one more testimony. I was one day in the minister cabinet. And this minister comes out and he talking to all the investors and people I came with. And then at the end he comes and he shakes my hand and he says, I see something in you. Are you a preacher? Come on. I didn't have any cross, no sign to be a preacher. But he said something at the end. I could feel your straight eyes and your presence. It was like you were the king in this room and I'm nobody. I said, I'm sorry, Mr. Minister. Don't send me to jail. <laughs> the truth is, yes, I'm a minister. I carry God with me wherever I go. My wife said something. And I don't remember you being afraid ever. And we've been living for 16 years now. You know what that means? I'm confident in my God. It may come today, tomorrow, any time of the day. I'm confident in my God. He is in control. And my signature in my email is God is on his throne and victory is ours. My brother and my sister, be encouraged. We're not serving a dead God. We're not serving a Democrat, a Republican, a liberal God. We're serving God Almighty. The creator of everything we see and we don't see. He is mighty God. And he wants us to consecrate. Please, all over this place, 